Hello, my name is Carrie Johnston, and welcome to the Yukon Entrepreneur Podcast Series, a series all about how Yukoners are adapting their businesses during the pandemic. I'm recording today on the traditional territory of Champagne and Ajac First Nations, and my guest today is Sunny, who was with us in season one as well. Sunny, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm uh, Sunny Gray. I'm the CEO of North Star Agriculture and Flat Creek Farms. I also own a couple of service-related businesses here in, in Whitehorse, um, Great Management Services, Yukon Clean, Series Security, uh, to name a few. And uh, thank you for having me. And Sunny, are all of your, oh, well, and welcome, and are all of your businesses based here in the Yukon? Is your primary client base Yukoners, or do you have any business outside? Yeah. Yeah, most of my businesses are, are uh, Yukon-based businesses. Some of them, um, you know, like logistics, for example, are traveling in and out. But uh, most of our businesses are, are local, based out of Whitehorse. Okay, thank you. So, Sunny, thinking back to, you know, when this all began, when the pandemic first began, can you kind of tell me your, your first memory of the pandemic? It's kind of that age-old question, like, where were you the day JFK was shot? Where were you when you realized, like, this was a thing that was going to be big? Yeah, well, I mean, I remember I kept tabs on it just via, you know, the international news. So, you know, you saw it happen in China and then it was kind of a big deal. And all of a sudden, Italy, it was like the ball was starting to roll. There was a lot of death toll. And, you know, business as usual in, in Canada, we, I, I was, I traveled, I went, uh, I went, I ended up in Quebec uh, with my father. And that's when it got serious. We were watching it and it had hit Canada. And Quebec was starting to react, and um, that's when I knew that it was as really serious as the day that we left. We left a day early uh, because we felt that if we didn't get out, we weren't getting out. <laughs> and sure enough, they closed the borders behind us the day after the day that we were supposed to leave. The, the borders were closed, so we needed to get out because we drove to Ontario and we flew out of Ottawa to come into the Yukon. Then uh, I remember getting in, you know, into the airport, and there was nobody. It was empty and, you know, we checked in and went through security. We got to our gate and that was where the people were. That was it. There might've been 30 or 40 of us. And I remember thinking, this is surreal. I mean, even driving to Ottawa, you know, on the, um, on the 401 or whatever, like there was like a smattering of cars and, you know, it felt almost like post-apocalyptic, you know, like <laughs> something serious had happened. And this was the aftermath and there was nobody around, you know, so that, and then we, then we came home and we isolated in the basement together for friggin', you know, two weeks. And that, and that became a reality. It was like, holy shit. Okay. This is, this is, you know, this is happening and it's, it's hit us. And, but, you know, it's, you're still naive. I think back then we, we were just like, Oh, it'll blow over and give it a couple of months and, you know, we'll, we'll get things back under control and we'll be back at it. Um, and here we are two years later. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, who, who would have thought from, from then to now that we'd still be in, in so, many, so much of the similar places where you know, Canada's experiencing this big Omicron wave and we're you know, yeah. acting and reacting as it, as it throws this next turn of the pandemic for us. So Sunny, which of the public health measures that are, have been in place or currently in place have you found most challenging as an entrepreneur to, to integrate? Well, you know, I mean, I think we're lucky, right? I mean, our, our businesses are service-related businesses. We're typically working out of other people's homes. So the important, you know, the important measures that we had to put into place was really just protecting our staff. 
and ensuring that, you know, if they were going out in the public, uh, you know, to deliver mats or to wash carpets, or uh, even if they were working outside, snow shoveling or whatever, that they had the proper, uh, you know, PPE, like the, the equipment required to, um, to ensure that they were safe. Um, our office, I think, you know, we've, we've always had a downtown office that people can come to if they have issues or, they, you know, they want to chat in person that uh, that's been closed you know i mean it's open to the staff but there's a sign on the door that says you know that we're closed um because it's it's really close proximity and i didn't i don't think it's worth you know putting our staff through that um and then of course you know we've i think we've seen it pretty consistently across the board i mean we're doing it right now the adoption of, of technology you know zoom and and all of these different ways of communicating now that you know traditionally yeah, traditionally, it wasn't necessarily accepted, right? I love it, to be honest. Like, I used to have to go physically to all these different business meetings. You know, you'd be running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here in my bedroom right now having a chat with you. This is convenient for me. And so seeing some of the shifts, there's a lot of negative, obviously, that's happened with COVID. But there's some silver, some silver lining here and there. And I think, um, I think we've been lucky enough to, to just kind of pivot and, and work through it as we go. Which of those adaptations have you, like, are you most proud of, whether that's through your business or even societal? I mean, you mentioned Zoom and the adoption of technology. Are there others? I mean, I, like I said, for me, from a, from a, from a business perspective, like the adoption of the technology is huge. Like just the fact that I don't have to physically be there that means that it frees me up as a, as a person as well. Like I can be anywhere and be in a meeting. Um, so that, 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 that leaves me so that I'm not so tied down because I, I was tied down. You know, you, when you're running around doing all these meetings and you have to physically go there, you got to be shaking hands and, and, you know, that's how business traditionally worked. Uh, so we're, we're seeing some major shifts in, in that. And I think, I think, you know, for me, it's, it's for the better. Uh, I know a lot of the old school, well, people that are really social suffer, obviously, because they like that, you know, contact. And, you know, I mean, I guess if I, if I was living alone, you know, if I was a single guy, yeah, I would be, you know, but I, I have five boys and I have a wife and I have my father and, you know, my, my house is a busy place. So I'm not lonely very, very often. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. That's pretty busy with five boys. <laughs> Um, what are you learning about your business model? I mean, you've kind of got two major streams, like your service related business, but also your agricultural related businesses. So like, what are you learning about your business model in in either one of those or both over the last couple of years? I think the agriculture model, it, um, it's kind of how it's playing out exactly how I, I kind of anticipated that, you know, the Canadian, um, food production model is, is a very fragile system. The logistics and, and, and delivery, you know, point of delivery, immediate uh, uh, da- daily delivery model isn't necessarily, you know, ideal. Um, you're seeing prices of food go up. Uh, you know, there's lots of, there's lots of reasons why things are happening within the system the way they are. And I think uh, you know what that's doing is that generating an interest now um, from an investment standpoint, from a, a, you know federal government, territorial government standpoint, you know from regulation and legislation, 
we've seen some changes. I mean, Alberta and, and BC now, you know, have made modifications to their um, to their their slaughter act, you know, so that they can accommodate slaughter on farms, uh, so that farmers can sell, you know, meat directly um, from their farms. So, so you know, once again, silver linings in that respect, because that's that that concept, you know, we've been we've been preaching that concept for a long time that we need to start focusing on regional development of, of you know, agriculture infrastructure, that it, it doesn't make sense to be sending animals, you know, to two or three different packing plants for the entire company or the entire country. So you're seeing some, some, some pivoting. Uh, I'm part of the, um, the, the National Food Advisory Council. And, uh, you know, to hear the federal minister, the agriculture minister actually say, Yes, we're interested in developing regional infrastructure. Like that's that's huge, you know. So there's that end of the spectrum that you're seeing. Like food is is being highlighted even more so. Um, on the service end of things, I mean, in the very beginning of COVID, you know, things were um, things were scary. People didn't necessarily want you in their house, and you know what I mean. Like there was a lot of there's a lot of hurdles, I suspect, um, to a certain degree. Um, I mean, we own a security company, and, and so that's been busy. Because every time they introduce new measures, you know, sometimes they need security to help, you know, educate the public. The public, And so that's been busy. So, you know, there's been dips and troughs, I guess. Um, I laughed the other day when I was talking to my business partner, and I said, you know, we... We kind of left out in the sense, you know, Russian roulette of businesses here, that that most of our businesses aren't seriously impacted the way, uh, you know, I've seen others that have lost everything. So, so I guess we're we're lucky in that respect. Um, it could be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you had to access any of the pandemic-related uh, supports, either from the feds or from the territory? It, initially, we did. Because yeah. because we you know we we because everything was being impacted the way it was initially, like people kind of it's funny how we adapt as, as human beings, right? Like in the beginning, it's, we are scared and we are you know, and then eventually we start to I don't know hit our stride and go, well, you know what, we can live with this. And this is these are the precautions that we just need to take, right? And uh, and so we saw a shift, and then things kind of there was uptake again. Uh, and and it doesn't matter now. We get hit on a regular basis, like you said. We, the Omnicon is is the newest flavor of the week, and we you know every time it hits, I kind of cringe and go, uh, "Are we gonna is, are we gonna see like some fluctuation here? Like, is it? Nope. It's it's pretty steady. Like people are just like, well, this is what it is. I think we've had enough of the population potentially that's had it and bounced back, and and those people talk, and you know, eventually there seems to be a little bit of like, well it's bad don't get me wrong but it's not as bad as, as we thought it was you know yeah well omicron being a little bit more mild especially for those who aren't immunocompromised or in those higher risk age groups yeah yeah and you know there is that like yeah that, that piece around severity of disease and and how it impacts different populations yeah um were the supports helpful were there any gaps like were there any no, I mean, they were, they, they, were, they were amazing, to be honest. Um, you know, I've been in business now for 16, 17 years. Never once have I had, you know, help. Um, 
not from a bank or from a, you know what I mean? We've had to, you know, bootstrap everything that we've always done. So for this, you know, it was a, it was a blessing. It was, uh, it was really above and beyond. And, uh, we, we, we couldn't have, couldn't have done it without him. So, you know, I think, uh, Joel wrote a letter to Active at one point, just applauding them, saying like, this is an amazing program. You know, we, we really appreciate what you've done for us. Um, you know, it's made our nights a little less sleepless, you know, in the beginning. Yeah. Well, yeah, that piece, just a momentary peace of mind with so much instability and chaos around us. Yeah. 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 yeah it helped. Um, going forward, how are you thinking about your businesses differently? Like, where do you see your opportunities these days? Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of this, my focus is, is really on the local scene only because I've done some traveling and I really, I used to love traveling and now I'm just like, I hate it. I hate wearing a mask for hours on end, especially with a beard. Like it's so gross. This is, you know, so I'm just like, you know what? All right, I guess we'll just keep developing here. There's, there's, you know, there's a ceiling obviously in the Yukon, but there's also tons of opportunity. And, uh, and, you know, there's, there's still a lot to develop and where historically I've kind of cast my, you know, my gaze to like, Oh, what about NWT or what about, you know, BC and Alberta? And it's like, now I'm kind of like, well, I don't feel like going there. So <laughs> I guess I'm staying here. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep well it's, i mean it's beautiful why not and yeah i mean there is there's a there's a there is a ceiling like you said but there's also still a lot of opportunity and yeah you know uh, untapped uh, potential here um have you taken up any new skills or or anything to kind of better position yourself for what you where you see those opportunities yeah you know i uh i mean some of the skills that I've taken on in the past two years is because, you know, my businesses are always evolving. Um, you know, so I, um, I went out and got my, uh, permaculture design certification, which was something I, you know, I wanted to do. I, I think once again, it comes back to like being gone to meetings versus being home to do meetings. I just had extra time that I could use to, you know, work on things that had an you know, education, right? So that was a one-year course online um, that, you know, now I have a certification and I can do it. Uh, I just started my uh, organic master gardener's uh, certification, which um, should be done by uh, end of April. So, you know, taking on these educational courses, my company will hire individuals to, 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 to do those jobs. But as the CEO, I really want to know you know what should be done and what shouldn't be done you know so that i can call <laughs> call bs every now and then it's just be like no 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 this is not how we're gonna do this yeah and that helps i think you know grow our company and guide our company and it's just uh, continues to um, to build on you know our values and ethics as a company so i guess yeah it was nice to have that extra buffer of time to be able to uh to take on education which is nice Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, you just mentioned it sort of like you, you want to have that knowledge or insight as a leader. So, you know, where you can call a, you know, call the bluff or call this like the spade of spade or whatever you're seeing. Uh, what are you, what are you learning about leadership 
during this pandemic? Like leadership's inherent in what we do as business owners, but what what are you kind of observing? What are you experiencing yourself? I mean, I think we're developing a lot more compassion and a lot more, a lot more understanding, you know, and, and trying to, it's, it's a difficult, controversial time. People don't get along um, because they have differing views. And as a leader, you know, it's, it's our goal to, to unite and to lead people forward together. Um, so I've, I've found, you know, that it's, it's everybody has their, their views and, and there's no point in arguing. There's no point in trying to convert, you know, just accept and find common ground and then work together on the common ground stuff. Um, I, you know, at this point I'm vaccinated. If I'm working with people that aren't, ultimately those are the people that are at risk. Not me, I'm vaccinated. I can still get it. It's not even a vaccine, right? I mean, it'd be different if I could, you know, but I, I can still get it. It's just, I'm not gonna get it as bad. So, so you know, so, so there's 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 some leadership around that that you that you know you had to have a bit more compassion with people and understanding and and work towards common ground versus arguing and, and creating you know dissent and, and then splintering off. Um, so that's been that's been different, you know, and interesting. Um, but I mean, ultimately, uh, you know, as a leader, that's that's. That's your, like I said, that's your goal, right? Is is to unite and then lead forward. Um, and I feel like you know that's that's been working out pretty good. Any advice for emerging entrepreneurs during this pandemic? I mean, there are probably vacuums now that are made even more obvious than ever, like I've seen them. And I and I mean, I have to control myself. I'm just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're not going down that road. Just someone else will pick that one up. Um, but there's there's definitely lots of vacuums now. Like look around you, there's, there's, there's needs and niches. There's massive development happening um, in it from a technological standpoint, you know? Like uh, you start looking at, uh, you know, VRs and, and uh, you know, virtual reality and NFTs and blockchain and, uh, you know, creating this metaverse. And part of that is, is, a, is a byproduct of, of us being home all the time in Stockholm. You know, I just bought an Oculus 2. Uh, it's a virtual reality headset. I did a bunch of boxing last night. Ah, I feel like a million bucks. Like, burned calories like nobody's business. I, I bought it because I want to talk to my buddies back east. I used to go to Quebec once or twice a year. I haven't been since, you know, COVID. Um, so I miss those guys, right? So if I can put a headset on, we can, you know, virtually be in a room together and we're each having a beer at home and we're shooting the shit. You know, it's not as good, but better than nothing. And I suspect that they're going to leverage that. There's going to be a lot of room in that, uh, you know, in the future. And I tell my kids, like, get ready. <laughs> Yeah. You know, AI, robotics, virtual reality, this is going to be your world. Um, and the pandemic, I think, is setting the stage for it. It was always going to happen. Now it's just, they speeded it up, right? It's fast-tracked. Yeah, the user case for there is, is there. And and you, you I, mean, I think, yeah, yeah, you can see it, like you were saying, in terms of even as 
business owners, this ability to be in so many different meetings without, you know, physically moving your body to all of those spaces all the time is enables a lot more. I mean, it's a lot to give through the computer, but it's also, um, it saves a lot. I mean, um, there's pros and cons to that whole scenario. Yeah. You know, a lot of people will say like, well, we're stuck at home. Like, that's not good. Like, you know, you need to get outside. And, and I agree, you know, sure. But I, I also, I'm not naive enough to, to think that just us sit complaining about it is going to stop any of it. It's coming. And so I would much rather be familiar, you know, know your enemy. <laughs> be familiar with the upcoming technology, then, you know, be oblivious and be you know caught off guard. Yeah. I remember an elder once saying like, we had the benefit here in the territory of kind of seeing technology be integrated down South and it like ended up kind of rippling up here. And, you know, and, and uh, this is a couple of years ago, but he was kind of like five years. And I'm like, Ooh, I feel like that's really shrinking now these days, like the advance of technology is that much faster, you know, like it, my, my, my lived experience is that integration is a little bit slower, but still, you know, adapting as, as it kind of comes forward. And yeah, it's been. Where we'll see some change, I think is, is if, you know, Musk ends up actually completing the Starlink and then the entire Yukon is covered in internet. Yeah. That's gonna, that's gonna, that's gonna change the game. It really will change the game. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's Musk or, or any of the other sort of low orbit satellite companies yep. that are you know developing out there. But yeah, I mean that that access, even even here with the podcast, right? Like I, I have to do my upload at night because that's that's the only time. Like, you know, you set it up and I gotta like have my like, because that's that's the reality still of like upload speed, right? And even what that enables for businesses, we would see that in the mining industry, right? Like upload speeds are low to SOSA sending all of, when I used to work in exploration, sending all that data up through the, the satellite takes a long time. All of those things were always queued up overnight to, to do those big data dumps, right? When there's, when there's space. Any aha moments for you, shifts in your worldview, ways you're looking at things differently? Kind of. <laughs> There's aha moments in the sense that as an entrepreneur and a businessman, when you see a pandemic, you know, you, you can you can recognize some of the opportunities and, and some of the companies that are, you know, taking advantage of those opportunities. Um, and sometimes you'll have those conversations with just regular people that aren't in business and you, you just mention like, oh, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. Because you can see it coming because, you know, you, you understand how capitalism works. <laughs> and, you know, sure enough, it happens. And then a couple months down the road, you run into that person. They were like, holy shit, you were right. And it's like, yeah, yeah, wait. Now this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And they're just like, what? <laughs> so, you know, there's that aspect. Um, with my coursework, you know, permaculture and, uh, and my now the master organic uh, gardener course, I've definitely had a bit of a paradigm shift surrounding, you know, agriculture and science. Right? right now we're pounding the drum for science. Like, what? You don't believe in science? But when you read about pesticides, fungicides, chemical fertilizers, um, you know, all these different things that are science and that are to our benefit, apparently. 
and you know the more you read about this stuff the more you're just like wow like we really don't know what the fuck we're doing like we're just we we make decisions and we apply things we play god in a sense and then we just we don't look at any long-term ramifications we don't think about the consequences down the road we just need that's the fix for now and typically that fix comes from science so it's it's been interesting in that respect because like i said you've got one thing happening over here this pandemic and this you know why how could you not believe in science you know and then me reading all of this you know this information about how it, science has pushed its agenda and now it's been my biggest problem with the whole thing is i've i've said scientists can be bought mm -hmm. right it happens all the time it's happened historically hemp versus cotton like yeah i just i just i always tell my kids i want you to think for yourself i just want you to question things i don't want you to just you know everybody says it's this so it has to be this stand back for a second and just look around and then think for yourself you know and so done a lot of that what's keeping you grounded you mentioned a little bo boxing and meeting with friends online but anything else keeping you grounded yeah yeah i've struggled actually struggled a lot this year with uh with depression like uh to be completely honest um the weather <laughs> the darkness um you know uh some of the relationships that i've had with some of our clients uh, have been you know trying and rough so keeping myself grounded has been uh it's been a struggle i mean my family i guess is what ultimately pulls me back my wife is uh is my rock and my kids um are my reason you know ultimately and then, you know, we're going the other direction right now. You're starting to see more daylight. Uh, you know, we're planning gardens. We're planning projects. You've got some very cool projects that I feel those, like, I'm always, that's always gets me going, you know, like the next project, what are we doing? All right. And then putting the pieces together to ensure that it's successful and then launching it. And, and I'm excited about those. So that, that always keeps me happy. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing that. And um, yeah, you know, that, that mental wellness piece is, is often tough for us here in the, the North. And when we hit those minus 40, minus 50 long bouts of it, when you can't get outside and be on the land as easily. And, you know, I think well, many hunters are getting outside and like, like all the vehicles are frozen. All the equipment is frozen. Like it's just yeah. such a, it's such a struggle when you're farming to combat that element. You know, chainsaw, I had to cut firewood. I could only cut firewood in 20 minute increments at minus 50 because the saw would produce. The saw is running full tilt. It's hot, but it's friggin' minus 50 and it'll freeze. It'll freeze whether you're running it nonstop or not. So those are the struggles I think that you're faced with as a, as a farmer and they are, they are extremely, they wear on you. And, you know, and there's a community of farmers and Facebook you know, say what you will about it. It's got its negatives, but it's nice to just check in sometimes and be like, oh man, like this really sucks. And people are like, yeah, yeah, I can't wait till it ends. You know, like everybody's suffering kind of together. And, uh, and even the mental health thing, like it's, it's more apparent now 
you know, somebody posted the other day that they were struggling and, and I chimed in and was like, me too, you know, and, and then you don't feel quite as like, you're not alone, you know, you're not suffering. Like you're not And sometimes when you suffer by yourself and you don't, you don't hear about anyone else suffering like that. You just think, is it just me? Like, am I just off? Am I broken? When ultimately that's not the case. We're all suffering. And, and the more that, uh, the more that we're open about it and transparent about it, the better it is going to be for all of us ultimately, because we're not going to feel alone. Thank you for that, Sunny. Uh, any closing thoughts before we end out today? Um, no, I mean, <laughs> hopefully we're not doing this again in a year, but uh, <laughs> no offense to you, but uh, no, not taken. You know, but if that is the case, if that's what we're at, you know, I'm I'm looking at strategies for the future. Um, you know, we talk about mental health. We talk about well, look, you know, one thing that's coming out of this, it's not just the meetings now that are that are you know going to be remote, virtual, even down the road. This, this education is going to be like that too. We're seeing a collapse right now in the education system. The teachers don't want to go to work it's 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 a mess everything's falling apart but we're going to start to see some transition i think to more of a of an online teaching uh you know and if that's the case then you know we'll, we'll buy some land in freaking mexico and we'll just go down there during the winter and you know those five boys i'll i was homeschooled for four years uh, you know and i turned out pretty good so i suspect that we could take advantage of you know a bit of homeschooling plus this new, these new, you know, steps towards virtual learning, and uh, and then we can just modify our environment. If, if the winter is what's causing, you know, depression, and and it's not just me. Like some of my kids obviously get those genetics from me, so I'm watching them and I'm going, oh, you're a little off. Like, is it because it's dark all the time, and is it because it's cold? And it, we just need to, uh, we just need to, you know, create some plans that are like mental wellness plans where as a family where we're like okay we need to just take off even if it's only two months two months is two months uh, and uh do it right with christmas break in there have christmas in mexico if we have to but i think we need to do something because we can't just can't just keep doing this this is this is not going to work but these changes that COVID has brought about i think are going to to help us make those changes you know so as bad as it is there's like I said, so relying. Yeah, you know, I was, I was met with my my counselor just at the end of December, and she closed out like our session. She's like, "Are you Bush?" And I was like, well, "You know, at first I was like, oh, I am I Bush? Well, probably. You know, and we always think about Bush like working in exploration or hunting industry and being in camps for like you know eighty, and it, and it kind of was always like a badge of honor. Oh, I you know, occupational and safety." uh and you know uh work, work contracts aside but you know you're like 84 days in what you know like and there were like kind of badges of honor you know yeah. for how long we yeah. were in this like isolated space and thinking about and this is i mean years ago but you know thinking about now and like not really leaving the territory and not really leaving our communities not really leaving our homes and those those aspects of being bushed that we're so familiar with up here um kind of manifesting in different ways uh, oh yeah i mean and some of my kids are more social than the others 
And it's not, they don't want to hang out with their brothers all the time. You know, they need to see their friends and go out. And, yeah. So, you know, we've seen them pick up, you know, iPads or whatever and chatting with their friends that way. But it's, it's, you know, the, when we had, the, I had one go snowboarding there for like a full week, you know, with his friends. And I was like, there you go. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what they need. That's mm-hmm. what they really need. They need that connection. I think we're going to suffer from that over time is that lack of actual human contact and connection. It's fine yeah. to do this and, you know, this gets the job done, but there's something to be said about sitting down or, you know, in a room with family and friends. And, uh, and that's something that we're going to start to see collapse as we, as time progresses. We've already seen it happen even just to your standard family, right? Like, you know, historically families were, were large because of the extended family you know they they was just you had your grandmas and your grandpas and your aunts and your uncles and your cousins and that was just common to be together we're seeing that slowly decrease where your family is your immediate family your kids and your wife you know and so there's there's lacking there's things that we've lost in that process you know you you tended to have mentors your kids had mentors you had uh, services there that you exchanged, you know, you, someone took care of your kids while you went to do groceries and you did your groceries and you did theirs at the same time. Like not seeing that happen anymore. So as we conclude, as we continue this, it's going to be interesting to see what we lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time today, Sunny. Thanks for having me once again. I appreciate it. You take care. You too. Bye. Bye now.